This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Hello and welcome to Docs That Rock. I'm Tracy Ferguson. And I'm Sharita Darcy. Oh, hi, Sharita. Well, it's yourself, Tracy. It, it is me now. And how are you doing this fine evening? It's not a fine evening, but I am doing fine. <laughs> Unfortunately, both myself and Tracy got a light scattering of rain. Light. Completely drowned mm. in, in rain on the way into the studio this evening, but... That yeah. will not stop us. It's where we got a little, a little Irish sprinkle. Yeah, that sounds terrible. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Maybe to you. We got an Irish sprinkle. Mm. <laughs> Water giveth life. It giveth life. Mm. All the plants are happy. Yeah, the plants are happy, but my suede jacket is not. No, 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 I, no. That's no. not good. No, no bueno. No, and it has to make it home as well. Yeah, I'm hoping that Barbara might give me an old lift home. Will oh, you give me a lift home, Barbara? Neighbors. Ah, we'll see how this goes. <laughs> <laughs> we have to survive the next episode so together. We're joined by Barbara here on Sound and we're delighted. Um, the other great news that I have is that Conor Brennan, the composer of our theme music, has released an EP. So details of that will be available on our Facebook for any of you who are interested. Um, please do support him. Because, you know, you've been listening to him now every week or bi-weekly since we went bi-weekly. So you might be very interested in hearing more of his work. Yes. And we also have to thank Paula, the manager of the radio station. Yes. For taking us in out of the rain this evening. Indeed. Giving us a home and a voice. (laughs) And a voice. Two voices. (laughs) And a Barbara. And a Barbara. Indeed. The hits just keep on coming. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Thank you, Paula. So how has your time been, Rita? Any highlights over the last week or so? Well, um, Halloween occurred. It did. It was amazing. I had your favourite time of the year. Mm, it's the only time of the year where I don't dress up. I dress up all the other days of the year on Halloween. I just go as myself. So this year I went as Ruth Vader Ginsburg. <laughs> so Ruth Vader Ginsburg, a, v- a Darth Vader. That's <laughs> right. Say that fast. <laughs> So RBG, the notorious RBG, as Darth Vader Cross. Oh, I can see it. Yeah, yeah. So um, I didn't win the office party because unfortunately I'm not in the running because I'm on the panel. No, that's not fair. You should change the rules next year. Yes, I should. But by virtue of changing the rules, I'm still on the panel. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, Frida Kahlo won. She was great. Oh. Yeah, she was really good. It was... um, Good eyebrow action, maybe? Yes, indeed. Mm -hmm. Um, Eyebrow and um, Ronnie, as we call it here. I wonder what they call it in the States. What do you call it in the States when you have a visible dark facial hair? I don't know why you're asking me why. I don't know. You went to New York. (laughs) Visible dark facial hair. Oh, it's a moustache. A (laughs) moustache. Um, but anyway, she's amazing. The lady who dressed up now was Frida, but also Frida as well. She did powerful efforts. What that woman can do with the scarf is 
unbelievable. Well, that's good to know. That's a, a talent. Mm, a talent in That itself. you can have in your back pocket. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that you've been quite busy in your last I've two I've been very busy. Very busy. Mm-hmm. I've been working on the Science and Technology Festival in Galway, mm-hmm. uh, which is all going to be held uh, across the city uh, with a big exhibition here on uh, November 24th. Here in NUI Galway. NUI Galway campus, which is the National University of Ireland. So that's very exciting. And we have an amazing climate change activist coming from Iceland. Really? Andre Magnusson. Yeah, he's kind of incredible. So he's coming. He's made uh, just everything, film, uh, lots and lots of books. He's an award-winning book author. But also, um, this is why I was thinking about glaciers in general yeah but um he was asked he was commissioned to write the first eulogy to the to the first glacier that uh, was declared dead um and extinct in iceland so he did that and they erected a plaque in the place where it used to be and um basically their findings are that in 200 years all of the other 400 icelandic glaciers are also going to be declared extinct Extinct. Dead. Dead. Yeah, not a glacier. So, and what, they turn into rivers as we saw. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then the the entire, they predict that the entire Earth's water level will go up by a centimetre, which doesn't sound like a lot, but millions of people die when that happens. And normally the most poor and vulnerable in society in areas where they wouldn't have money to build infrastructure. So it's quite serious. Yes, but it's not a site-specific problem or an area-specific problem. It's a global problem. It's a global problem, yeah. Um, And then that's at the current rate. Oh, God, no. I know. So we have a lot, really, too. A lot of work to do. It's the small actions that build up to huge change. Those of you who are regular listeners to the podcast will know that I've been talking for a while about going plastic free and that's all great. And then it comes to Halloween and half of the plastic things in the world (laughs) are in my house. But it's the same plastic things I use over and over and over every year, you know, using. Yeah. And I am working towards having more ethical clothing because fashion is the biggest polluter that's out there, believe it or not, because nearly everything that you're wearing is plastic. And it's it's quite shocking when you think about that. Well, yeah, I think it's a lot of different things, but that's I was going to say to you that you should try to make it along to either Andre's public talk mm-hmm. or he's doing a book signing in Charlie's, yeah. um, in Charlie Burns bookshop. But also on the last day, on the 24th, they're doing a huge climate action uh, summit meeting. So um, the, you, I was you just touched on the most important point of that, which is they're going to talk about actual practical things you can do. Mm-hmm. So whether that's lobbying politicians or small changes in your own life or within your workplace, something like that is what people need because we're just hearing it's terrible and it's a problem, but we're not hearing what we can do. Yeah, and I think that actually the documentary that we're looking at this week in case you're wondering whether we're looking at a documentary at all. Oh, we're doing a documentary (laughs) as well. (laughs) The documentary that we're reviewing this week is Chasing Ice and the reason why we chose this one is because I I feel that this documentary visibly shows you how the glaciers are being eroded and there's no point in talking to people about facts and the science behind it and that doesn't really relate to the common person and what they're doing and the actions that they take and so then when you look at something like a time splice of the glacier dying over a space of time and and what they tried to do and how they how they actually went about doing it. It adds narrative to the story. It makes it visible. It makes people it has a bigger impact and that's likely to result in real grassroots change. So I think that that's 
the important message behind this documentary. Well, I think people are getting better at educating themselves and understanding these crazy facts that were, you know, before this maybe on just they didn't really relate to your life. You couldn't relate to it. But I think people are getting better. But there's nothing like a visual and there's nothing really like these particular visuals. Yeah, it's quite it's quite stunning. So Chasing Ice is a 2012 documentary that was directed by Jeff Orlowski. He's from New York, that guy. Mm-hmm. And he's also famous for a sister documentary called Chasing Coral. But of those two, I think this one is, I suppose, my favourite. Mm. I have to say, I from when I saw this first, I was completely awestruck by how beautiful ice is. To me, ice was the thing you buy in packets at the supermarket so that you can have a nice <laughs> gin and tonic. Or it's like a song that a lad called Vanilla Ice wrote back in the day. Ice Ice Baby. And in the words of Vanilla Ice or Mr. Ice, we have to stop, collaborate and listen in order to change this problem. (laughs) Wow. You went there, didn't you? You did. You did go there. Too much crack. Too much. I mean, too much fun. (laughs) Too much fun. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Well, no, honestly, I I, I thought this was breathtaking. Absolutely breathtaking. No, it is. Some of the stuff. Yeah. His commitment to the photography, the things that he did, the knee operations and just the photograph and the footage. It's just phenomenal. What did you think? Yeah, no, I mean, obviously, it's it's one of those documentaries that just hits you in the face. And um, and it was kind of the first time it was done where, where the glaciers had been filmed over multiple, multiple years. And especially over those formative years, uh, formative, the opposite of formative, the destructive years. Deformative. Where they were... They were melting at such a fast rate um, and we'd never seen that before. So that was kind of crazy. I think um, in the end, there was one in particular that was, the, do you remember the largest one, the largest calving event? Oh, yeah. Which was kind they of, had seen, wow. I learned just. I learned loads of stuff, like when you, the word you're calving. Just <laughs> calving, I know. Um, when it's, it's this absolutely massive glacier, but and it starts to break apart. But they said to get it, the scale of what you're looking at, yeah. it's it's as though the buildings in Manhattan are falling in front of you. That's how big it was. And for them to w- have witnessed that and so close as well, it's kind of terrifying because I kept thinking about that they were going to be swallowed up. And in, you know, in my mind, obviously, I know that they've left there and edited. So they survived. Yeah. But it is kind of awe-inspiring. For me, it was the sound... I was very aware, as you were, about the scale and that they had to send somebody out to get some sense of what the scale was. They have to put a human into the shot. So you often saw, um, you know, some of his assistants who were brilliant, by the way, going out and getting into the shot so that they could get an idea of the scale. But in this particular one, because of the danger and because they were on the face of the glacier and there was an, a huge amount of calving going on, they decide calving, by the way, is when huge amounts of ice fall off the glacier. They were standing across the valley and you could hear this. I can't describe it. It's just the sound, the scream of the glacier as it just fell apart. And these huge waves. There was one particular dark kind of almost navy mm-hmm. jot of glass that came up at such a rate. Like, and I'm talking 
you know, I mean, crazy miles mm-hmm. high into the air. And it was terrifying. And as you say, I was like, God, them lads are better want to move now quicker. And are they going to be hit by? Because you could see all these massive waves crushing and terrifying. I know. And there was one piece, massive piece of rock that you probably remember, but it reminded me of a killer whale. Yeah, another it one. It literally came straight up and... Terrifying. Uh, yeah, terrifying. Really terrifying. And this is happening all over the world. Mm-hmm. They had cameras in Greenland, Alaska, Montana. I think, did they have one? They had... Um, in Iceland, obviously, in, in the, the Solheim Glacier. Glacier, yeah. Yeah, um, and the Alps. And, uh, yeah, kind of crazy, but their, their dogged pursuit of it. You know, you have to really admire anybody who spends that long, years of their life, just travelling, you know, putting themselves in danger, trying to keep as physically fit as possible. I mean, he's a mountaineer, but I'm sure that helps slightly, but uh, but just devoted to it. There's a reason why it's Oscar nominated, but that's not why you go into something like this. Yeah, I was surprised that year it didn't win, to be honest with mm. you, because I really thought it was phenomenal. He had three knee operations and each time it was so that he could keep doing it more. And after that, even though they had told him not to go hiking, there he was doing deliberately what his doctors had told him not to do, like jumping down the side of a mountain. Like, And it was just, I don't know, I could see why he got addicted to it. I myself felt like I really needed to do it. I need to do it. It's on the bucket list now. I need to go up and have a look at these glaciers and see what the story mm. is. Do you know which ones you're going to go to? I'd like to go to Iceland. Yeah. Do you know what was for me was like realising, you know, those cryokonite holes, you know, that the, they're full of all the sand from Asian deserts and carbon and all these things. I just think that that's fascinating. And I remember when I was doing physical geography and we used to drive around the island and be like, oh, that's a right, that's a that's a, a glacial formation. <laughs> it's a U-shaped valley and all <laughs> this kind of stuff. And we used to know all this. And I was always fascinated about it since. So learning about what Cavan was, what the cryokonite holes were, what cryokonite itself was, what a Mulan was. I actually knew that one. I was like, oh, yeah, I know this. (laughs) (laughs) Not a Disney movie. (laughs) Not a Disney movie. Just I, I, I really thought it was fascinating. And this was something that definitely the whole love of physical geography came straight back to me. I just love it. Do you know what we'll do now, though, Tracy? What, Sharita? We'll take a quick break Mm -hmm. and we'll talk about some of the other amazing podcasts on the Big Heads Media Network. In 1957, Laika became the first animal to orbit Earth. What kind of animal was Laika? What is the only team in the Big Four North American Sports Leagues which shares its name with one of the Avengers? And here's one more question for you. Are you the type of person who enjoys playing trivia games, learning new things, and having a bit of fun along the way? If you are, or if you just want to find out the answers to those other questions, then our podcast, Quiz and Hers, might be right up your alley. Each week, one of us writes new trivia questions for the other person, covering everything from science to history to pop culture to sports. And every question in a game relates to some theme, like Game of Thrones, internet memes, sandwiches, or animals in space. Some of the themes make more sense than others. So if you like trivia, learning, or real couples testing each other's knowledge and patience, check out our podcast, Quiz and Hers, part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Quiz and Hers, the trivia podcast where we test each other's knowledge and the strength of our relationship. Oh, we're back. Oh, that was great, Ad, wasn't it? (laughs) That was great. I love that network. We don't have big heads from being there at all. Oh, we totally do. No, I can't do. <laughs> so back to Chasing Ice. And yeah. I mean, there's a reason we said it didn't win the Oscar, but it did win 
the Emmy. It won a sun, major Sundance Award mm-hmm. and 35 other awards. Which it was is nominated kind of for the Grand Jury Prize. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, there's a reason why, though. It really is that special. And James Balog is kind of amazing. I just think he's the, he's the most amazing person. It just He has an MA in geomorphology, and I don't know what that is, but I think it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> and a degree in geography. And a degree, well, I suppose mm. that's where you'd have to start, isn't it? He has both. Yeah. I actually went then and, and started having a look at some of his other work. Mm. I just, I think he's great. I think he's brilliant. Um, For me, I think one of the points that we haven't hit on yet is the Extreme Eyes survey and the amount of work it took to maintain the time lapse. They had to go and check all the cameras and sometimes it would have stopped working. Like there was one camera that they'd set up and it took the picture while they were there and then it didn't take a single photograph after that. (laughs) And then there was another one where it stopped a month ago or whatever. And there was one or two where it was beautiful and it just worked the whole way through. Time Spice is notoriously difficult because it's hard to get a continuous kind of a loop at it if it stops in the middle. And even if it rectifies the problem and continues on, it looks kind of stilted, you know, like jerky. But at the end of the project, he was able to accurately capture, as you say, the death of a glacier. And it struck me that he talks about healthy glaciers and dying glaciers. Like surely loads of glaciers have died before at the end of the last ice age, right? No. Well, no, because it's we. there was still, once they broke away, then they were a glacier. And the first one that actually completely disappeared was the OK Glacier in Iceland. It just disappeared. It, it, it very quickly <laughs> melted over the last 10 years. And uh, I mean, there, there's one part, it's the massive one, the largest calving event, where they said that it... In 100 years, it had reduced by a certain amount of space. And then in the last 10 years before yeah. they're filming, it reduced at the same amount yeah. than it did. Or more, actually, than it had in 100 years previously. They so had to move the camera four times to capture it in frame. It was re- melting that quickly that over the period of time that they had the time lapse, they had to move the positioning of the camera to capture the rate that it was actually decreasing it. And that is absolutely terrifying. No, it is. Um, but that's what we're faced with now. So they reckon in 200 years, there will be no more glaciers. I wonder, do you think that, you know, these conspiracy theories about the city of Atlantis being underneath the glacier, <laughs> yeah, that's apparently underneath the South Pole? Well, we'll find out yeah. in 200 years. Yeah, <laughs> they'll either get louder or be silenced, those voices. Mm. Well, there's. I think it's really cool about this and the beauty of documentaries in general is that they have such a life beyond the filming mm-hmm. and the cut. So this is one was screened at the White House, mm-hmm. the U.S. Congress, the, um, uh, the House of Commons and the United Nations. So it's had a major impact and he continues to... Um, you know, do radio interviews and talks about it. And he said that a lot of sceptics have been converted. That because people of the come up to him at these screenings and say, oh, I didn't think it was true, but now that I can see it. Yeah, yeah. Which is crazy, but sometimes you need that visual proof. But I think that a lot of people do need visual proof. We see it in this documentary. We see it as well. And a lot of sceptics, people who even are conspiracy theorists, they don't believe it unless they see it themselves. And I'll tell you, this documentary would not be shown at the White House now. 
um, <laughs> you know, because because this is the thing. It's like, you know, everything mm. has to be proven and it has to be seen. And I think that it's a different way of telling the same story. And he found a very unique way of we can't turn our heads to this. We know this is happening. The question now is, what do we do about it? For well, that me, is the question. Yeah. For me, I mean, I, I think about the words of Gresha Thornburg, who is going to have to reap the consequences because she's a generation younger than ourselves. Um, she was only nine when this was filmed. And she is now 16. Um, and she said, we're at the beginning of a mass extinction and all that you can talk about is money and fairy tales of eternal economic growth. How dare you? And those words resonated throughout the globe. And, uh, you know, I mean, sometimes it, it takes someone who is 16 to tell us. Well, I think as well, people are, people need a point of contact or one person to latch on to. Mm-hmm. You know, when they're hearing a, a thousand people or 10,000 people or whatever it is, or 11,000 climate scientists yesterday who came out, it, it's that number sort of goes over your head. Whereas if it's a person... And, uh, uh, you know, obviously an articulate, passionate person. Mm. You can get behind that easier. Mm. And just to see the YouTube of her saying that, like my words don't capture the conviction that that young woman had when she said them. She was so like furious. She was furious. Yeah, no, there's a reason why I went viral. But it's important too. And then, as you say, you can get their attention with that, but then you have to tell them what to do. Yeah, yeah, there's two steps. Mm-hmm. You have to say, look, this is real. And the second thing is, this is what you can do about it. And I think that particularly because we've known about issues, environmental issues for quite some time. And the problem is, is that there's a lot of in arguing about what the best approach is to change it or to make it better. You know, and I think that now the next step is education about real practical steps, which is why I'm glad that it's going to be the focus of one of the talks. Yeah, no, it's going to be pretty cool, I think. Um, so, yeah, everyone has to come in and, and watch and listen and learn. Absolutely. So, Tracy, if you like this. Well, I was going to just read you a little thing first. Mm-hmm. Read so, me a little thing. Well, this is what is on the plaque in Iceland where the glacier used to be. Yeah. It was the OK Glacier. So, um, it's short and sweet. I'll just read because it's it's actually written with people in who are going to read it in 100 years time. Wow. So it's called A Letter to the Future. That's amazing. So um, it's uh, OK is the first Icelandic glacier to lose its status as a glacier. In the next 200 years, all our glaciers are expected to follow the same path. This monument is to acknowledge that we know what is happening and what needs to be done. Only you know if we did it. So wow. that was from August. So that's... Um, Andre Magnuson is coming to Galway and Ireland. So, um, Spooky yeah, so I don't know. It's it's kind of, uh, yeah, it's a crazy thing because we don't, it's kind of out of, it's in our hands, but it's out of our hands as well. We can only make a certain amount of difference. Yeah, that's, that's very years. poignant, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so if you like this, you'd like Chasing Coral. Chasing Coral. Um, I have a couple of different ones. Some of them are other documentaries. One of them is Into Eternity, mm-hmm. which is along the lines of what you just said. What do we do for future generations to explain to them long after we've gone that you can't er- enter this area because uh, all the nuclear toxic waste is stored down the bottom of this mountain? 
So that's what that's about. It's it's absolutely fascinating. Um, all the TED Talks that James Baylog had done, An Inconvenient Truth, clearly, and An Inconvenient Sequel. I also have two feature films, Beasts of the Southern Wild. Have you seen this? Mm-mm. It's amazing. It's fiction and I think that the young actress that starred in it was the youngest ever nominated Oscar nominee. She's absolutely fantastic. This is a brilliant, brilliant film. And the other one is Snowpiercer. If you like a bit of snow, Snowpiercer is a good movie. And uh, that's it. And yourself, what did you have? Well, I think you got everything on the... The obvious list. And then there's the Leonardo Leonardo DiCaprio one. Oh, yeah. Which is supposed to be amazing. I haven't seen that yet. And then there's a 2009 PBS Nova special called Extreme Ice, which is, if you like this, you'd love this. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. So I think that's it, Shrita. Great. So mm, that's it for this week on Docs That Rock. I'm Tracy Ferguson. And I'm Sharita Darcy. Goodbye. See you. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts.